Universal Broadcast Station. You're listening to the news at nine o'clock on Sunday, the 28th of June. This is Chris Morgan. Good morning. Today marks five years since the launch of the Phoenix 12 Space Shuttle, which was set to make history with the furthest manned spaceflight ever attempted. The vessel commandeered by US astronauts John McKennedy, Mark Jensen, Sarah Fisher, and Arnold Ramirez, was tasked with studying the nature of black holes on the outskirts of our solar system. However, the historic undertaking was overshadowed when communications with the shuttle suddenly went silent eight months ago. Here's our science correspondent, Adam Sleet. in the making, or so they thought. An estimated 900 million people worldwide watched the live broadcast of the Phoenix 12 space shuttle as it launched on the 28th of June, five years ago. When speaking of the event, most remember an unprecedented level of international optimism as man prepared to go on a voyage longer and deeper than he had ever gone before. Five years down the line, and eight months since any communication from the four-man crew, that optimism has fizzled out. The Space Alliance Corporation, SAC, blames the radio silence on interference caused by magnetic fields in the Jupiter-Link galaxy. This is their official statement. In um, terms of the exact location of the Phoenix 12 space shuttle, we have an estimate which is in accordance with the predetermined flight plan, which we're certain the crew have stuck to. Uh, a loss of communications in these instances and with such uncharted space territory is to be expected, but we understand the concern associated with the amount of time that a uh, loss of communications has been established for. SAC went on to say that they are confident that communications will be resumed soon enough. However, critics are accusing SAC of whitewashing, many fearing that the survival of the crew at this point is extremely unlikely. 
But where does that leave the relatives and loved ones of the missing astronauts? We spoke to Elaine McKennedy, the wife of mission specialist John McKennedy and mother of his two daughters, about how she's coping. It's, um, it's hard, you know, when you marry an astronaut, you think you'd know what you're taking on, what you're going to have to deal with down the road, but nothing prepares you for the silence and just the endless unknowing. And then you've got most of the world's media saying that your husband's probably dead and I just don't... Don't worry. Take your time. This must be very hard for you. Nothing prepares you. That's all. What do you even do with that information? With that possibility? Nothing. Do you believe that John is still alive? That he's still out there? Yes, I do. I definitely believe he is. I, I have to. If John could hear you now, if he could hear this broadcast, what would you say to him? Well, I'd... I'd say, John, honey, uh, we're here, we're waiting, okay? We love you. We love you so much. And we're not going anywhere, me or the girls, okay? I'll, I'll be right here when you come back. So hurry up, okay? Wherever you are, we need you. I, I need you. It's okay. No, no really, I'm, it's, it's okay. I'm sorry, I can't do this. It's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. Wherever you are, powerful words from a mother who's hanging on to hope. For now, the exact state of the Phoenix 12 mission remains a mystery. What is certain, though, is the question on everyone's minds. Where are they now?
I wonder what she's doing now. What are you talking about, John? I'm talking about my wife, Elaine. I, I wonder what she's doing right now. Yeah. I remember Elaine. She, uh... It's not worth thinking about, John. Uh, you start thinking about back home and who you miss, and then... You know, we've, we've got a mission to... Uh, what mission? Mark? John, you know perfectly well. No, I don't. No. That's the point. I don't know anymore. Come on, John. This is exactly the kind of language they say to avoid in this kind of situation. Yeah, but we haven't been in this kind of situation. We've been updating the logs, checking all the systems, following protocol. I feel so hopeless. I I don't know what we're doing here anymore. We're technically still on course. I mean, I believe at this speed we could still be on a healthy trajectory towards Star 4 or 5. No communications. They haven't answered any of our calls for weeks, Mark. It's, it's over. No, no, no. We'll, 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 we'll get through soon. Well, I mean, John, I don't know what else to say. This is all we've got. We can't turn back. We just have to keep going forward. I miss my wife, Mark. I miss my home. Every time I wake up, I have that same sinking feeling, and it just won't go away. I'm, I'm tired, Mark. I'm tired of this mission. Right now, all I want to do is to see my wife's face. But John, where are you going to go? We've got no evac. Our map systems are automatic. We sent off Ramirez in the last shuttle. By my calculations, our course will take us right past the Noir Dominguez. In 12 hours, we'll be passing right by it. The time is right. I'm gonna do what I need to do. Come on, John. What are you talking about? I'm talking about what we discussed before. The other night. And I'm going to go through with it. I've decided. What? Go through what? Oh no, come on, you're not being serious. Yeah, I'm serious. The theory? The theory you had? I mean, I wouldn't even call it a theory. Scientific evidence supported by the teachings of a man who we both revered. What man? You know exactly who J.E. Hubson. No! No way! Come on! He's on the blacklist for a reason! Yeah, God. we can talk about that and his apparent suicide, but that has nothing to do with this, okay? But there was a time when you were as crazy about his theories as I was. You remember that? Yeah, and then I found out the guy hadn't even been to space, so he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Look, right now, it's the only thing I have to cling on to. If you don't want to believe, suit yourself. That's fine. I'm not asking you to. If logs are sustainable, then you can pilot this ship yourself. Look, John, yes, I used to entertain some of Hubson's ideas. But what? I don't even see how any of his theories can be of use to us right now. 
Well, you've obviously forgotten his most important theory. What's that? The theory that love transcends time and space. Oh, come on! I told you this the other night! I thought you were drunk or something! Are you serious right now? We're approaching the war, Dominguez. It has the heaviest pull of any black hole we've passed by. I'm gonna leave at 0600 hours. I'm gonna be in my bodysuit. I'm gonna detach myself. I'll go wireless. And I'll drift towards it. I'll accept and go straight into it. If what I think is right, I'll be reunited with my Elaine. So, John, let me just get this perfectly straight. You believe that if you take yourself and travel yourself on your own into the Noir Dominguez, a black hole, possibly one of the biggest black holes yet discovered, you will see your wife again. Please explain to me how that is possible. On this journey, we've both seen things people wouldn't believe. The physics-defying, abnormal beauty of it all. And the terrifying unknown. We've seen distant planets made up of gas and water. We've seen stars exploding in distant galaxies. We've seen traces of alien life forms. We've seen the absolute unwavering nature of the universe. But I have this love. And it is so powerful. Despite all we've seen, nothing is as powerful as the love that I have for my wife. And with that power, I will go into the black hole and it will take me back to Elaine. But John, it's a black hole. I know it's a black hole, okay? I know what I'm doing here, but you have to believe me. When I go into this black hole, it's not going to destroy my every single being like we've read. What it will do is it will make me see every single fabric of every moment I've ever spent with her. The nights spent by the Hudson, worried that her parents might find out. The night I was with you, and I saw her for the first time by the bar at Jimmy's, and everything seemed like it meant nothing and everything at the same time. All of those moments will coalesce into one beautiful spiraling pool, and I will disappear into that willingly. I will embrace the love in ways even I couldn't even imagine. That is what this black hole will do. Not what you think, but what I know, which is love. But John, it's a fucking black hole. I don't care if you don't believe me. You know what, I, I don't care. I don't care if you think I'm stupid. I don't care, I'm going to do this. And you can stay on this ship and go through with this fucking godforsaken mission. But love is more important than that. So... John... You honestly believe 
with all your heart. If you venture into that black hole, that through the power of love, it will transport you back through time, through dimensions, through space itself to your wife. Okay, suit yourself. There's nothing else for me to say. I'm obviously not going to convince you otherwise. It's been a pleasure, Mark. Of course, John. I'm, I'm heading out at 0600 in the morning. If you wanted, we could share the last bottle of blue together. Ah, uh, yes. One last shot of blue for the road. I can't believe I'm actually saying that. Neither can I. on the viewfinder, John. It all looks good from here. Look, uh, I know it probably won't do much, but really, you can turn back. It's still not too not late. not turning back, Mark. This is it. I just want to tell you that despite our differences, despite everything, crazy son of a bitch, but if, if you find what you're looking for in that abyss, you will have deserved every ounce of Elaine's love. Thank you, partner. Just, just take care, partner. Seventy-five clicks. Copy that. Seventy-five clicks. I'm... I'm getting much closer now. I... Oh my god. I, I can feel the pull. Uh, I'm losing you, John. I can feel it all throughout John. me. John. I can feel every single sound. I can feel all of it. Just come back. It's strong. <laughs> Please! You can see her? Oh, you can see her? Please! 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 Please
Mark. I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm on the other side. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, great. This is Roger from the SAC Archival AA. We spoke on the phone the other day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I remember. Following on from your debriefing analysis, we've uh, scheduled a follow-up interview to iron out some inconsistencies. What's this all about? This is protocol that ensues when we find a specific point of interest that needs further investigation when analyzing a previous SAC archival file. In uh, this case, we need extra clarification around the uh, specifics of the presumed death of mission specialist John McKennedy. Oh, okay. So, the interview is scheduled for Monday the 14th of this month at... Wait, wait a minute. Do you mean tomorrow? Yes, if that's okay. Well, yeah, I, I guess so. But it's pretty short notice, don't you think? I understand, Mark, but you have to appreciate we have a lot going on at SAC at the moment with the launch of Phoenix 13. We're trying to clear up everything with 12 at the moment, and... Uh, sure. Okay. Thanks, Mark. We really appreciate your cooperation. So, that's Monday the 14th, uh, tomorrow, at 1300 hours. Interview will be conducted by General Raymond. Oh, you mean Phillips coming in? This is pretty serious, Mark. If you just turn up at the main building, your parking space is still there, and someone will come and get you. We recommend you arrive for 12.45, and someone will come around to see you through. Okay. Okay, then. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Sure. Who was that, honey? Oh. Uh, didn't think you were back, babe. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, just Roger, uh, from the SAC archival. Oh, uh, yeah, you said you spoke to him the other day, right? Yeah, they, uh, want me to go in tomorrow for a, a formal interview. Uh, Raymond's gonna be there. Mark. What is this about? It's about John. Oh. Um. Is everything going to be okay? I hope so. Fucking know what he's fucking talking about! Piece of shit!
to sack Mr. Mark Jensen. Mr. Jensen, Agent Banks, I'm here to escort you to your interview this morning. Uh, I can see you're all signed in, so uh, you better follow me. Make sure you take care of her, Mark. And yourself. <laughs> what? No, Lane. I didn't think you'd care to see me again. Jensen. Recording. Thanks, Jimmy. Okay, this is General P. Raymond, commencing today's investigative session. It's currently... Approximately 1300 hours, Monday, July 14th. In today's session, we'll be discussing the disappearance and presumed death of Mission Specialist John McKennedy. We're here with his former partner, Flight Commander Mark Jensen, who was previously commander of the vessel Phoenix 12 and unfortunately the only survivor of the original four man crew. May it be noted that he was also the last person to see Mission Specialist John McKennedy alive. Before we officially commence, Mark, how are you? Fine, sir. Thank you. Can I get you anything? Water? Uh, no, no. I've uh, got some here. Thanks. Okay, then. We're all set. Well, first off, I must say it's been good to have you back with us here at SAC today, Mark. Even if under such upsetting circumstances. Uh, it's good to be back, sir. Uh, though it is, uh, uh, strange. Brings back some memories. Yes, uh, I can only imagine. Though it's nearly two years ago since you returned from space. 
still very sorry you had to go through what you did. It's, uh, tough to see a friend go like that, General. Uh, I gotta be honest with you. You can't quite imagine what a black hole can do to someone. Well, I wouldn't like to, Mark. You provided an extremely detailed account in the field report you submitted. In fact, I have it here with me now. Ah, uh, yes. You understand that we brought you in today to clear up a few discrepancies in the report. It's a mere formality, really. I understand you wrote the report as soon as you arrived back on Earth, so it's not surprising that there might be some irregularities. I'd just like to go through some of it with you now, if that's okay. Sure. Sure. You say that Mission Specialist John McKennedy tried to explain to you, extol the virtues, if you will, of going into this black hole alone, to be reunited with his one true love, his wife. Uh, well, his former wife. I'm sorry. <clears throat> you were orbiting the Jupiter-Link galaxy, so time and date would be unknown, but it seems the event correlates with Earth time as Monday, June 3rd, at 2100 hours, Central Standard. Say here that he left the ship based on a theory that he explained to you on a previous night, might I add, under the influence of copious amounts of blue. Uh, that's correct. He willingly went out and forced himself into this black hole. Yes, um, he took himself into the black hole. There's nothing I could have done. There was no assistance from you on this? No, no, I uh, protested against it. It says in your report that you adamantly protested. Yes, uh, absolutely. But uh, anything I said, he simply rejected. You didn't try to uh, make any physical force towards stopping him? Well, if I'm honest, sir, I didn't believe that he'd actually go through with it. I thought he'd maybe turn back at the last minute or... What I'm confused about is that here you've put in your report that, and this correlates with the ship's black log, that, um... that you were with Mission Specialist McKennedy in his last moments by link feed. Yes, I was. Well, what it seems is, and I hate to be presumptuous, Mark, but what it seems is that you guided him towards his last moments by link feed. You were with him. I don't understand if you were against his decision why you would choose to escort him in his last moments. Well, it seemed to me, General, that John had no conceivable notion of the threat that he was taking himself into. As maybe a priest would see off someone on their deathbed, I felt that I didn't want to see him walk into the abyss entirely alone. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. But... Are you comparing yourself to a priest? More or less, yes. And that... Mission Specialist McKennedy was an... ailed patient that you were... Wishing towards his deathbed? I, I don't understand the analogy you just brought up. No, no. If anything... Well, you see, McKennedy was raving Just mad. to clarify, what type of priest were you? 
were you um, a, a Roman Catholic? Uh, w- what denomination did you most identify with? Well, I have to say I had a funny connection with the Quaker religion at the time. Jimmy, get that down. Uh, yes, sir. Perhaps priest is too strong. Maybe I was more of a... a shepherd. And that mission specialist McKennedy was... the sheep? Yes. A lonely, delusional sheep. So, let me get this straight. In that moment, you're saying that you were a Quaker shepherd and that mission specialist McKennedy was a mentally fragile sheep? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, um, make sure to get that down, Jimmy. Harry, can you tell room 434 to shut the fuck up? We've got formal investigation in here. Of course, General. Uh, I'll be right back. Give me a coffee. Okay. Here... You say that when Mission Specialist McKennedy entered into the hole, that, um, his body seemed to contort and twist itself into shapes that you couldn't imagine. Yes. It was horrible. You say that his legs twisted backwards, which seemed to resemble an offcut of a bad batch of fried chicken. Mark, that's very particular. Yes, um... I've seen many of those, and it's the only image I could relate to at the time. You also say that his two nipples move themselves to his lower coccyx, and then his back formed into one big nipple, in which the erect nipple seemed to uh, erect itself further into a larger singular shape and form some sort of Nipple tail? Yes, that's correct. It appeared to grow various copies of his own head, and then the largest head subsequently ate the other heads. My god. It even seemed to be smiling about it. You also say that his eyes blasted out the back of his head, and then his scrotum seemed to levitate itself in front of him in a rather taunting manner wafting itself in front of his face. That's before his testicles were shot from his scrotum up through his throat and replaced his eyes, and then you say... You say they looked at you in a manner which you say was reminiscent of your Uncle Bert. Yes, he, uh... resembled as if my Uncle Bert looked like an angry hot air balloon, but if that balloon was a scrotum... I see. You then say that, amidst all this chaos, his body was slowly depleting. That the flesh and guts were almost seemingly being sucked out of him. Inside of him, almost self-imploding, but backwards. Yes. Resulting in his entire being then resembling a plastic bag floating in the wind as it drifted off into the abyss. Yes, it looked very painful. It was quite a depressing image, I have to say. I see. There's certain things 
You can't unsee, sir. Yes, I can imagine. Thank you, Mark. I... I just need to ask you one more thing. Go ahead. Mark. I've read this report. You've detailed everything. We've talked it all through. Now you're seriously telling me that none of this has to do with the fact that you're now married to John's ex-wife, Elaine, and have become the self-appointed surrogate father of his two children. Absolutely not. Jesus. It's Portetta. Turn it on. You sure? Yeah. That was heavy. You're telling me. Other boy. You okay? Those astronauts. Yeah? They spent too long in nothingness. On a mission that they lost themselves in. And? Doesn't that remind you of anyone? see what you mean. Do you really think we can carry on like this? Wait. Do you mean like... What the fuck was that? I 
think something hit us. From where? The lamp. The lamp? Mean like, like a bubble. Can you hear that? Yeah. It's underneath us. I want to listen. I want to hear it. I don't know. We've never listened that close before. They've never come this close before. Don't you want to hear it? Of course I do. Come on. Put your ear to the floor. Will you be my daddy? <laughs> 